Welcome to Music God CJ Play, and this is another issue, or I'm sorry, this is another episode. <laughs> this is not an issue, this is not a magazine. Uh, <laughs> this is the ish list. Uh, you know what we do here, we laugh, we act goofy, uh, we give you best of and top ten lists of really random stuff, uh, funny stuff, serious stuff, um, but this time we're going to get bloody and gory. Um have a co-host today, a special guest. Um, his name, uh, he will introduce himself in a moment. Uh, he is a big-time rock and roll star with many bands that many of you guys have probably heard. And we're going to talk about the top 10 best slasher horror films. So please, introduce yourself. Man, after that introduction big time rock and roll star i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> you are to me i mean La- i'm a huge fan <laughs> of most of your bands so all right man well, i'm rob lane from the uk um played in a bunch of bands over the last 20 years a band in the uk called teenage casket company and we were pretty busy for a while but then i, I became one of those hired gun kind of guys and did some stuff with the bullet boys and jet boy played with johnny monaco from enough's enough and Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup and his band People on Vacation. So try and stay busy. When anyone needs a bass player, give me a call. <laughs> yeah. Jet Boy, I will say, are partly responsible uh, for my hearing loss. Um, some of my hearing loss. Uh, the loudest show I ever saw on 1988. Wow. Um, Man of War were doing their kings of metal tour and they came through detroit and somehow or another jet boy uh, ended up as the opening uh band and they took feel the shake to a whole nother level because <laughs> it was an outside amphitheater and we were standing on a hill and during their set you could literally feel the ground underneath your feet just sweet shaking and then of course man well, of war come on playing bass Yes. Point, yeah, yeah, and uh, Mickey cool. and um, uh, <clears throat> I love Sammy. I'm such a huge fan of. I've seen Sammy. Oddly enough, I've seen Sammy in almost every inclination that he's done without really intentionally trying to. Um, I didn't ever get to see Hanoi Rocks, but I seen him. I seen Joan Jet twice when he was with Joan Jet, and I seen him with uh, Jet Boy, and I seen him with. Um, the band um, Mick McCoy did. Um, right. I can't think. Shooting Gallery. Um, All right. Sweet, man. So, you know, I've seen Sammy a bunch of times. <laughs> I love Sammy, but um, seen him. And then, of course, Man of War come on, and I couldn't hear for like three days afterwards because Man <laughs> oh, of War is shit. just fucking ridiculous loud. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, but, but they were just as loud. I mean, they were pretty damn close as, as loud goes, but. Yeah, um, yeah. I just did um, three shows with Jet Boy in the UK, which was really cool for me. Nice. It was a few years ago because that's when they had Eric Stacy from Faster Pussycat playing bass for him. Okay. And uh, Eric messaged me like three or four days before the tour. He's like, "Dude, I can't make the tour. He got some hernia or something like that." He's like, "Can you learn the songs?" I'm like, "I'm pretty fast at learning songs, but like three or four days is yeah, like, pretty putting it close." But it was great. Those guys were awesome. Yeah, I still cool love dude. them guys. Um, and there was a while that Mickey's hairstyle was definitely what I I went for, like the long hair with the mohawk and um, 
you know, uh, I know he wasn't the first to do it. I know Gene Bouvier beat him just a little bit <laughs> time-wise, <laughs> but they both made it look so good that I had to try oh, it, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, anywho, we are going to be discussing um, the top ten horror slasher films because much like myself, he's a huge fan of a horror-related stuff, and he has his own cool podcast. Um, it's called what? Straight to Video, right? That's the one, yeah. Yes, which many of these will be considered straight to video because I'm, <laughs> let me see, one, um, two, three, four, five, six of mine on my list are pretty much straight to video ones. So. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I've kind of tried to mix it up with <clears throat> some modern stuff because I want your take on some of the modern stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I want you to take me to school on some trashy Stuff I may never have seen. Yeah, like, I, I got a few modern and a few... And why are... Did I not save... Oh, damn it. Oh, well. I had the years written down, but I'm pretty sure I know where they are. Uh, anywho. Alrighty. So, we generally start with them. Uh, he has a couple honorable mentions, as do I. So, we will start with those Uh First to start, give us your honorable mentions. All right. Wow. Okay. So, um, first one is a modern slasher, I think, which I thought was a really cool twist on the genre. I'm sure you've seen it or know about it, but Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon from 2006. Do you know that one? I actually have not seen that one. I have not even heard of that one. So, All right. Get that um, one on the list, sir. Get it on there. <laughs> but yeah, this one came out in like the early mid 2000s and it was just a real cool it starts off kind of like a fan footage thing documentary i don't know how much i want to give away right but about this guy who a news a news reporter finds out about this guy who thinks he's a serial killer in like the whole horror trope kind of stuff so she goes to interview him and he's telling him how she how he does all the things which happen in horror films like being able to chase somebody while walking and all that kind of stuff so what was that again? So Behind the Mask? Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Leslie Vernon. I'm going to write all this down because um, there's definitely... I, I'm, I'm always up for a good, good flick. Oh, a, um, yeah, it's a really good twist on it. Yeah. Um, as long it as it's not like the lost footage type, I can't stand the lost footage movies. Right? Those drive me crazy. They just... I'm so sick of hearing about like paranormal in in movies like that. Like, please, can you give us something that you know isn't just a? a what about shit. the original ones, though? Because well, I that's what the I'm paranormal saying. Paranormal like, activity ones, and it was like, holy shit, these are really good. I Blair Witch was okay with me, but yeah. pretty much after Blair Witch, everything just kind of was like, I don't know. I just I wasn't. I'm not a fan of the of that subgenre of it i guess mm -hmm. um i really am a, a i love a good slasher flick you know i love a, a good sure horror villain and <laughs> whatnot and um so yeah that's kind of my forte but i like a good twist in a movie too so there's a couple on mine that i like for no other reason and it's really just kind of a weird twist on an already common one sweet um yeah i think you'll like behind the mask yeah it's so fun. What else? It's even got Robert Englund in it. Oh, well, then you can't go wrong with it. that. Then uh, Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
yourself. You're going to give me one, and I'll give you one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> the first one for me um, is not probably not the earliest uh, horror Christmas flick I've seen, uh, but I had to see it, even though everybody did their best not to because of all the uh, negative publicity it got, and and mm-hmm. it, it was one of those movies that they tried to ban altogether um, because, you know, it was just one of the movies that was so far out of the box. Uh, and it is a Christmas staple uh, at my house. Uh, it is a little uh, Christmas flick called Silent Night, Deadly Night. Sweet. That's that's like old school. Yeah. <laughs> stuff in a way. That one's... I think it was like really 1983. Back into the mainstream. Yeah, I think you it was like 1983. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a cheesy, campy thing. It was done pretty competently, but um, almost immediately religious groups jumped on it because it was pretty over the top. And, you know, they didn't like that the Christmas theme was turned into what um, Roger and Ebert pretty much called it the worst thing ever made. And, of course, that just made us want to see it more because we exactly. wanted to see what it was all about. And anytime you, you have... you see it for the first time? Yeah, you know, and do what? Where did you see it for the first time? Oh, on DVD. It was pretty much a straight-to-DVD type of thing. Yeah. Uh, it was in the theaters for one week, and then after that, they pretty much pulled it and wouldn't show it anymore. I made about $2.5 million, though, uh, off about a $700,000 budget. Um, so, I mean, it was successful as far as making money, and it became a cult classic. So, um, and it ended up with four um, sequels and then a remake in 2012. Um, four sequels? Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, four sequels, and because um, there's five of them total. And then there's Silent Night in 2012. Um, uh, they remade it. So, uh, we kind of rebooted it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and the 2012 one is pretty decent too. So I would recommend that one for sure. Excellent, um, man. Excellent. Yeah. So please continue. Right, I'm, I'm going to throw an introductory horror into the mix. Okay. Which one, which perhaps your son Jackson could watch. If you like, you want to get you into horror films, this will be the one to throw him in. The Gate from 1987. Okay. Young Stephen Dorff. Has that one crossed your path? Um, you know, I have, I think I have at some point seen it. Yeah. I, it sounds very familiar. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to keep track, man. You see so many, same yeah. with action films. Like you see so many action films and you kind of like, have I seen that? And titles get reused and, um, but I love Stephen Dorff. So. Yeah. Do you have that thing where you imagine a film as being huge and everybody knows about it. Then yeah. you start talking to people and you're like, I've never heard of that film. Yeah. I've got a couple. I think this is one of them. I got a couple of them that yeah. I are, are like that, that, you know, I've assumed that everybody would have seen. And, yeah. Um, in at my least, eyes, The Gate was a huge film. It was always yeah. in the VHS shop and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I have one on my one list like, that is definitely yeah. like that. So um, It's a great one if you want to get kids into horror films because it's, it's just gory enough in places but the special effects are great and just like nice. a kid film like it's like goonies x-rated goonies <laughs> nice um the uh next one on my honorable mention list 
is one that I tease my son with. And I try to get him to watch it. And he immediately just says, right. no, uh, that is child's play. Um, okay. He, I was like, you want to watch Chucky? No, 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 no. <laughs> He's like, what are you trying to kill me? And uh, he refuses to watch anything Chucky related. So, um, yeah, that's the uh, next iconic, honorable mention. Man. On the... Iconic. I, have you seen the new series? I haven't seen the series. I want to watch it, but, you know, Wonder Boy over here pretty much flips his lid if I, <laughs> I do anything Chucky related. So, <laughs> do you see the, do you I see will eventually see it, yes. Did you check out the reboot a few years ago? I didn't see the reboot. I've seen most of the sequel ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, and those have always done pretty well. And uh, I've actually become somewhat friends with Alex. Um, oh, sweet. In a roundabout way. Um, I met a band <clears throat> named Romantic Rebel. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Out of Chicago. And the guitar player shares the name and he is a giant horror fanatic and because he shared the same name he was introduced to alex and they became friends and then i kind of was added to the group because i'm a horror fan so um yes (laughs) i'm somewhat friends with the original star of the child's play movie so um, that's what andy played didn't he in the yes i remember his surname but um Oh, Andy Barkley. It came to me. Yes. All this rubbish information. Barkley, it's yeah. in there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> so next on your list. On my honorable mentions, I'll give you one more. Um, or two films, actually. A one and a two. Uh, it is found footage, so please ap- apologies no, for this you're, one you're in good. advance. But um, the Creep movies. I don't know if you've seen those. From the first one was in 2014. Which, um, it was a Netflix thing when I was scooting around trying to find something. I thought, oh, let's give this one a shot. Um, yeah, a film called Creep. Star, and it introduced me to a guy called Mark Duplass, who him and his brother are like really cool independent filmmakers. He's done so many different films, but he plays the lead role in this movie Creep, where this guy goes to his house to film this guy. and It literally does what it says on the tin. He plays this role perfectly. And nice. It's creepy as hell, and he's got this like weird, really ropey werewolf mask which he uses at some times and that's great and so yeah check out creep and it's great ending great sequel nice. so definitely worth checking out definitely i i will i will check it out like i i don't hate the genre i just i don't know it's not my favorite no, i know and what it, you mean um it, it, it got very overused so yeah. you sometimes have to dive in and fingers crossed this is going to be a good one yeah <laughs> you don't you never know which way it's going to go right my third honorable mention I'm probably going to get so much hate mail over this because people are going to be like, how do you not have that in your top 10? Um, okay. I just don't. Um, my third honorable mention is Poltergeist. Um, Ooh, you know, <laughs> I know a lot of people are automatically going to want that in the top 10, but um, it just missed it just by a little bit, mainly because there were two newer movies that I thought really deserve to be here because they're so out of the box for what they uh-huh. did. Um, so it kind of pushed Poltergeist uh, a little up the list and, and yeah. out. But, uh, How old know. was you when you first saw Poltergeist? Oh, man. 12, 13, maybe? Yeah. Somewhere around there? Um, 
I was pretty young. I was pretty young when I seen most of my list. I was very young. Um, I I will admit that uh, when we first got HBO, um, my dad would leave and I would sneak out of the bedroom and sit up and watch HBO watching things that I had no business watching. Um, (laughs) And it was normally, you know, Jason or, uh, you know, and even the cheesy spoof. If you want to see a Freaking hilarious movie. Um, we've all seen the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, there is a hilarious parody spoof called Saturday the 14th. Mm-hmm. I um, remember that one. Yes, uh, that was one of the ones I snuck out and sat and watched. Um, and, and even sometimes Dad would be watching them in the living room, and I would stand in the hallway unbeknownst to him, and I would watch them. That alone is creepy, if you can so, see that. Just right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like we had, you, the the TV was, we had one of the old Zenith TVs, the four models that had the record player and the A-track and all that on the top. Um, so, you know, it was set in just away in the living room. You could see it from the hallway, and I could be just far enough down the hallway where he didn't know I was there. Um, he <laughs> probably knew I was there. I'm sure he did, you know. Um, but, yeah. I, a lot of the my early movies, that's how I watch them, is yeah. kind of as a specter in the hallway. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> playing yeah, right into the horror slasher team. <laughs> yeah, Poltergeist is great, man. It's just a, a wonderfully made film, which yeah. makes me feel warm about America as well, which might sound weird, but it's got that kind of whole suburban thing going right. off with it, which I always dug. So, um, yeah, great film, great yeah. film. So, with that... We're diving into the official. With that said, it is time to count down our top tens. So, at number ten... How did you pick this top ten? Fine, how did you sir. pick this top ten? Give us your number how did ten. You pick, okay, I was just wondering, how did you pick your top ten? Um, just off the top of your head, or...? Most of it was off the top of my head. Uh, a lot of it was um, how much it affected me on the initial seeing... Um, some of it was based on what they did. Um, right. I mean, it was just really overall, it was kind of like, okay, did this stand out above and beyond everything else? Um, what was unique about it? What set it apart from Mm -hmm. your typical thing? And, um, that's a lot of what is on my list is going to be. Kind of for that reason of the way it affected me, um, yeah, personally. So, uh, again, all of these lists are subjective, you're free to create your own. Uh, be willing to bring you on the show and we can discuss it or talk about it. That's always an option, um, you know. But we're just kind of spitballing uh, what we consider to be the top 10, um, or our top 10. So, uh, with that said, all righty. <laughs> right, I'm gonna. What I did, I was trying to think. I, I thought I'm not gonna dive into this too much. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna go for stuff off the top of my head that comes to me. A lot of things which I've watched recently, I'm like, hell yeah, that that really holds up. I forgot how good that was. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a bit of a mixed bag. So I'm gonna go. Well, I say fairly modern. This film's ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> but I rewatched the movie You're Next. Seems fucking slashes. <laughs> I was like, geez, this is a great film. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a twist on the slasher genre. Kept you guessing, a bit of a whodunit. 
and I thought that was I thought it was awesome. Good use of music, some awesome kills, <laughs> and some stuff you weren't expecting. So I loved it. You're yeah. next from 2011. Yes, it was 2011. Um, my number ten uh, is a film from Sweden. Um, it is a Christmas horror film, uh, but it w- is just a completely different take on the genre. It was done in such a unique way. Um, it just, my friend said, you got to see this film. Uh, it was an independent film. It blew me away. Um, it was almost like a supernatural and a slasher film in one, um, it is a film called Rare Exports, and um, it's just a, such a unique, awesome movie. It is done so well. Uh, the starkness of the um, the starkness of the scenery, and the coldness, mm-hmm. and the the it was just. There's so many awesome things about Rare Exports. If you really want to see a great, great horror film uh, that kind of crosses boundaries over a few different styles um this is one of them it's wonderful film man. yes it, it really is like um so my number 10 is rare exports and and rare exports yeah, is the to... one that pushed poltergeist out because i just right. i had to have it on there i i couldn't justify doing a top 10 list without rare exports man it was you know such a great yeah, film. A great a great christmas film great horror <laughs> christmas film. <laughs> great great christmas thought, film to scare the shit yeah. out of the kids <laughs> yeah but just the whole storyline is yeah remarkable yeah i don't know if it, people just need to i don't know if they need to go in cold i think you could watch the trailer and get an idea of it but um, yeah and the trailer was done really well too like without yeah. really giving a lot away um yeah i rare exports for me um is my number 10 so um, awesome awesome man Number nine. Right, I'm going. Number nine. Right. I'm going a film which, since I saw it as a kid, it's just been a nasty. The word nasty just comes to my mind. I don't know why. I'm sure you've seen this film and you can fill me in on where I'm getting this term from. But 1985 Demons. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think oh. about that one, but yes, absolutely. Oh man, that is just a freaking nasty zombie kind of yeah well it's called demons so they're not zombies but it's yeah. that kind of thing but that film is just freaking nasty and i would Kill, not want killer to see soundtrack it as well exactly billy idol motley crew yeah so go many. west you got, you got some go west on there yeah um um uh, but I, I don't think i could watch that film in a cinema yeah because of the storyline i'd be a bit freaked out i think if anyone's not seen it some people Go to see like a premiere of a new film. Is it an Italian film? I think it is. Is it Italian? Yeah, sure. Um, to be honest, it's been so long since I've seen it. I yeah. I I I. You know, it's one of them films that I kind of remember the music more than right. the actual film. Um, but I think that's because I'm such a music fanatic that mm-hmm. when I hear a really good soundtrack, um, Black Roses, for example. Uh, oh, great man. film, <laughs> but the music is so damn good that it kind of just overshadows the actual film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you remember the music more as a music fan, I think, than you do. Um, even, even, well, I don't want to name a bunch of films because there's two other ones yeah. the same kind of way. Um, yeah, but so Demon's Demon. just nasty. Yeah. Just the effects in it, they just, 
the practical effects to the highest, most horrid, yeah, over the top stuff, and yeah, yeah, it gets me every time. Yeah, and the effects were pretty damn good for that time period. They were pretty yeah, over yeah. the top, so um, definitely for that. Number nine for me uh, is a modern film. I think it was 2016, if I remember correctly. Okay. A Korean film that completely redefined the genre, uh, sort of. Um, genre had gotten kind of stale and boring and, and this guy just kind of sat it on its ass and, um, made you rethink it. Uh, it's a little movie called Train to Busan. Uh, oh, yeah. And, um, the second part, uh, uh, which is called Busan Peninsula, uh, is just as good. Um. Yeah, I've now seen the sequel. And, uh. They are going to do an Americanized version, which, of course, means they'll probably just fucking ruin it and, <laughs> you know, put somebody in it who has no business doing a fucking horror film. Um, yeah. You know, because, heaven forbid, Americans should live well enough alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> Train to Busan is my number nine. <laughs> Great zombie film, man. Great yes, zombie film. Yes, yes. And speaking of zombie films, coming in... For me, at number eight, the mother of zombie films, Dawn of the Dead. All right. From 1978. Yep. And I'm even going to tag that in with the remake because I thought that was great as well. Nice. I don't know how you felt about it, but kind of it <laughs> took the elements of the original yeah. story, just added enough other cool stuff. And I think yeah. that was one of the first times we saw running zombies yeah. in the remake. Um. And that alone is scary as shit. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> them, them mothers can move fast. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the things about Train to Busan, too, that really was, you know, some of the zombies he did in that were like, wait, wait, wait. Zombies aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're not supposed to be superhuman. They're supposed to be, like, slow yeah. lumbering. You know, you got fucking zombies jumping from train to train while the train's doing 140. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold up. I don't want to meet these zombies. <laughs> oh. it's, 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 it's the almost, like, kind of, the most, what's the word? The black and white of, like, slow-moving zombies are terrifying. Right. You think you can get away with them, then all of a sudden they'll corn you. That alone is terrifying. But seeing fast-running zombies as well, it's like, damn. Yeah. Um, did you see 28 Days Later? That I was did. kind of the first time. That and I've seen, the sequel was like, two, wait, 29 hours or something. That's the one that's set in Britain, right? I, am I thinking yeah, of that yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that and the, and the sequel to it. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. I didn't see Dawn of the Dead, the original, for years and years after it. Um, someone loaned it me on VHS, probably in the, I don't know. Late 80s or something like that. And I'm, I, you know, to be honest, I don't know if I've seen the whole entire thing. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it over the years, yeah. but not the actual whole. I mean, there are movies that, very famous movies that I've never actually seen from beginning to end. Like, I've always gone to a friend's house and they were watching it. So you sit down mm-hmm. and it's, you know, 20, 25 minutes into the film. So you sit yeah. and watch it. Um or you start to film at a friend's house, and then you end up leaving to go get pizza or something, so you miss part of it. <laughs> um, so there are there are famous movies that I've never seen the whole film. Yeah. Um, you know, like Dawn of the Dead's a pretty long film as well. Right. Not much happens. <clears throat> it's quite um, a slow-paced movie. 
Right. Uh, um, so yeah, it's be worthwhile sitting down one afternoon checking it out, dude. I yeah. Think you'll enjoy it. Uh, number eight for me. I did this one just because the impact it made on me, just for the pure sadisticness of it, of the characters. Um, it really plays into the oh, whole like horror hillbilly thing. Um, had a bunch of sequels, all of them very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the original, just uh, if you're into just like the pure splatter gore type of film, uh, the original Wrong Turn. Um, mm. You know, it was such a sadistic film, man. <laughs> it was like, holy shit. You're, you're kind of watching it like, damn, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? And, um, <laughs> you know, that's kind of why it made my list. is because it made that impression on me. Like, holy hell, this is like a really twisted ass film, you know? <laughs> like, it- you know, it's like deliverance on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Is it Wrong Turn 2 that has the classic opening kill, though? I think it was I think it was because that's the one that had Henry Rollins in it yeah okay yeah yeah that pretty sure did you see the re do you see the remake of that we see it sounds weird you know to say, did you see the remake of wrong turn I <laughs> I have not seen it but I have it on my plex to see so yes I, I enjoyed it I thought it was cool yeah I mean it's really a story that you could do so much with yeah. um so I look forward to seeing it, and I've loved all of the remakes or all of the sequels of it. I mean, they've done a really good job keeping it, mm-hmm. the continuity, pretty good uh, with the characters and whatnot, and not, like, just turning it into a boring thing like they have done with some sequels. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, wrong turn. When was <laughs> when was the original wrong turn? Do you remember? Uh, it was, I believe it was 2003. I, if, wow. Oh my god! Pretty sure it was 2003 was the original. Um, I had the years written down, and for some reason, I don't have the years now. So um, maybe I'm gonna have to revisit it. I'm gonna have to revisit it. Oh wait, wait a minute! There it is. Uh, wrong turn. 2003. Yes. Uh, Train to Busan. Wow, 2016. Man. Rare Exports was 2010. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night was 1984. Child's Play 1988. Portuguese 1982. Um, we got him. Yeah, so um, for some reason I have two lists of the same thing, and one has the dates and one doesn't. So we'll just close this one out, and we'll bring this one up. And um, I do all my lists in Microsoft Word, so I kind of have a running, running thing with it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so number right, my, seven for you. My next one. I'm hoping you've seen this film. This is from 2015, and a film which kind of I just thought it was so original. <laughs> So fun, but definitely deserves to be in the slasher genre. The Final Girls from 2015. Have you seen that one? I have not. Oh, man. Add that one to your list. What is it? (laughs) The Final Girls. Final Girls. If anything has a slasher title, it's this one. Okay. But it's done so originally. It's about a girl whose mum was an actress. Okay. She got killed. So this girl goes to see a screening of this trashy B-horror movie which her mum was in, which she made 20 years earlier. But there's a fire in the cinema, and her and her friends find themselves in the film her mum made 20 years previous. Oh, nice. 
That yeah, definitely sounds like so the kind of cheesy well schlock I would go for. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's good that everyone's kind of self-aware mm. as they are in all like modern yeah. films and say, stuff like that. But say, I, I'm writing it all down, so I would definitely be, <laughs> be watching all of these and even oh, revisiting because, like, Demons. I haven't great, seen Demons man. in so long that I, uh, you know. So, sorry. My son yeah, just called me. That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, Final Girls is great, man. It kind of kick-started things for me again. It's like, oh, what's the best horror film you've seen in a few years? And that... That was kind of a staple one, just for its originality, really. Okay. The fact that it's, it's modern, but it's, it obviously throws back to proper 80s uh, yep. summer camp, all that kind of stuff. All the tropes is in there, so you'll probably yep. love it. Yeah. Number seven for me, you've already mentioned it. Uh, I had a little okay. higher on the list. Uh, I have your next. Um, oh, nice. I, uh, I Much like you, I love that film. It was really... You know, kind of put a, a different little spin on the the thing. Had some really great kills. Uh, the ending kind of left it open for a sequel, even though the mm-hmm. the writers have said we have an idea for a sequel, but we're not going to do a sequel. So they kind of left us hanging, which is kind of the bad side of it. Um, but it is wide open for them to revisit, and uh, I do know what the second one, what the story is supposed to be. Um, which is it an is, actual continuation? Yeah, the second one is yeah. supposed to be roughly her being arrested for all of the murders. Uh, the, uh, the dude in the mask uh, essentially goes after her. The prison bus gets overturned. She's basically chained to all of the other prisoners. Uh, so she has to escape him while... Um, she has to escape him while chained to all of these prisoners, uh, which leads her to uh, find shelter. But the shelter ends up being a booby-trapped meth house, which spends a whole nother thing into the your next thing. Um, so the second one is supposed to almost be like your next meet Saw, I guess. Right. Um, they said they're not actually going to do it because money-wise, blah, blah, blah. But I'm really hoping they do because... The story just sounds so twisted that it almost like, all right, you know what? Let me run with it because knowing the story, I could make this work. Like, um, how did um, how did your next do at the box office? You any idea? It did pretty well, actually. It uh, better than they expected. Uh, It was another one of them films. I just read this earlier. I think. Let me get this right. It it, um, they spent two point five million. I think it was to make it. And it made like twelve million or yeah. thirteen million in the first couple of weeks. Well, yeah. um, so it did well enough to turn a nice profit, but not really enough to make the studios want to like run out and redo it. Because obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you do a sequel that's been successful, the cost goes up significantly, and um, you know. So yeah. Um, no, great film. I'm glad you yeah. chose that as well. Yes. I didn't know what oh, yeah. you'd think when I mentioned it, but yeah. yeah. No, that's why I kind of smiled, because I didn't want to give away my <laughs> list, but I was kind of like, yo, got that one. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Number six. Number six, right. I love this film. I know it gets a bit of a mixed reception. Fairly modern. Fairly modern. 2008. <laughs> uh, the Strangers. Okay. With Liv Tyler. Yeah. Just the whole concept of it, creepy as hell. 
still holds up, I think, to this day. The masks were classics, and just the whole vibe of it. The tra- I was sold on the trailer when I first saw it. I thought, this film looks great. But um, one of the original, I think maybe the original, home invasion kind of films. Right. Uh, which kicked off a bunch of all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think The Strangers is a quality film. One which I do enjoy revisiting. Yeah. yeah my wife knows like this film. Very well uh, done movie, definitely. Yeah. Um, and the ending as well. I don't want to give too much away, but it almost adds to the brutality of it when you realize why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> right. Um, number six for me. Um, oh, you said the others. Um, number six for me, one you probably got much higher, I'm sure. Um, but number six for me, going 1978, uh, the original Halloween with Mr. Michael oh. Myers. Um, can, can I say something? Yeah, absolutely. It's not even in my list. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to get too much hate mail, you know, because I figured if I don't put this in there, then people are going to be like, you know, and Jason or Michael or or Leatherface. And I was like, all right, you know, we'll go with one of them because the other two yeah. didn't make my list. So <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I think the only reason is because I, I think the Halloween movies were kind of the last of the famous serial killer films that I saw. I'd mm-hmm. seen the Freddy stuff. I'd seen the Jason stuff. So by that time, I got the whole concept of the slasher genre in my head. Mm-hmm. So seeing the original one that set it up, whilst I can 100% appreciate it, yeah, it doesn't kind of compare to them when you see it afterwards. Um, but yeah, I, I always look forward to a new Halloween film, though, even though yeah. I've not seen the latest sequel. Yeah, I haven't seen the newer ones. I'm yeah. woefully behind on and and that series, so I really no idea what's going on. Um I saw the first of the two Rob Zombie ones. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I love Rob but some of his stuff is really just kind of I don't know, it's it's really kind of hard to digest and process like you know, like Lords of Salem, I just could not get into Lords of Salem, no matter no. how much I tried. Like, I was just like, "What is, what is this supposed to be?" Like, I don't, you know, it's not really scary to me at all. It's more psychological, but it's not really a slasher film. And mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, okay, you know. Well, did, you, did you watch Thirty One? I did like Thirty One, though. Yeah. I did like 31. Um, that was a little different. Um, you know, so that one was okay. The Michael thing, that was kind of hit or miss for me a little bit. Um, I, I didn't I didn't really like the... I like Devil's Rejects, but I didn't really care for House of a Thousand Corpses all that much. So right. it, it's, it's very hit and miss with me with Rob. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I respect what he does. I get his vision, and I think it's amazing that he does what he does. Um, but just really not something I connect to on, on a I higher think everybody's level. Seen, yeah, I think everybody's kind of in a similar boat. Everyone's, like, really gunning for him. Like, this yeah. is going to be the one, Rob. This is going to be the one. Because yeah. the way it I, looks and 
the vibe is always spot on. You know, I think he's doing the Monsters movie. And I think really that's going to be the one. I think that's yeah. something that he can really, without having to use a lot of gore or a lot of shock factor, he can inject his sense of humor. Because the guy does have a great sense of humor. Um, you know, I think it's one that he can have a lot of fun with. Not have to worry about being too serious or stand on canon too much um, as far as that goes. Um, I think the Munsters will be one that I think will do really well for him. Yeah, yeah. And, and I hope he is successful with it. Because everything he's shown in little pictures and all that so far has been pretty pretty awesome looking. So I, I really is look it going to be in black and white? I don't. Know if it is or not. To be honest, I I know he has some colored pictures that he's posted, so I'm not entirely sure. But knowing him, I wouldn't put it past him to do it in black yeah. and white. So <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I I wouldn't be against it. Truthfully, I mean, I think it would give it a cool, unique look. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, so number five. We- <laughs> we, well, we kind of left ten. We didn't do yeah. much talk about Halloween or what effect that had on you. Um, you know, as a kid, I grew up in a, in a small house. It was one level. Um, but all of my grandparents and aunts and uncles had houses like that house. So I, right. it really kind of messed with me in that sense of, you know, the houses were already big and spooky enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Being seven and eight years old, that yeah, it it caused a few nights of me sleeping at grandma's house with all the closet doors open and the light on in the hallway, wow. and uh, getting up numerous times during the night and looking out the window. So, <laughs> you know, awesome. That's, you can't ask more for a, from a horror film. Than yeah, that. like you know, <laughs> uh, it was def- it definitely affected me psychologically, like um, you know, and. There's a few people in my family, I will admit, aren't completely playing with full decks, so uh, that added a little bit to it, too, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> um, I gotta ask, where do you stand with Halloween 3? Um, it is what it is, kind of. I mean, I, they did it with a couple Jason movies as well. They did sort of the same thing, so, you know, I mean, you... I think as a horror fan, you kind of expect it if a series goes too long. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, eventually they're going to try to deviate. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I love the idea they add that, like, okay, we've done the Michael thing. Now we're going to do a, a standalone Halloween movie every year. Right. Which I thought was a great idea. And I think it's still one of the creepiest films out there. And a great Halloween film with just a whole vibe to it. And yeah, it's one of my favorites. Nice. For sure, man. So, so number right, five. Gonna get some, yeah, I'm probably gonna get some crap for this one. But uh, like you said earlier, for the effect these film, a specific film, had on you when it came out, this one for me was huge because I saw it in the cinema and it was the first time in a few years where I was like, "This is a scary horror film," which in hindsight it isn't anymore. But it was so well done at the time. 1996, Wes Craven's Scream. Okay. Yeah. That was just a kick in the ass for horror movies back then, which yeah. is, I just thought it was amazing. He did New Nightmare a couple of years before, which kind of started playing with the whole self-aware thing and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And Scream came out, and I was like, 
this is incredible. Yeah. Obviously, there's been so many copycats later, and we've had so many Scream sequels, and we've got a, a <laughs> reboot or whatever it is, Scream 5. Or I have no idea what's happening with this new one, but that original one yeah. is a brilliant, brilliant horror movie, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he, he again took a, a genre, which is, you know, the stranger in the house, stranger on the phone. He, he kind of sat it on his head, you know. I mean, there's been yeah. so many great, I mean, Halloween was kind of stranger in the house type of film. Uh, Black yeah. Christmas. Um, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. It's, it's, the screen is kind of jumping. Um, <laughs> Black, you know, Black Christmas was one in... Um, there's been, there's been so many that he kind of sat it on his head a little bit, you know? So, yeah. Um, and, and he gave us like, it's an iconic look as well. The mask, when you saw that for the first time. Right. And scream, holy crap. I've not seen anything like that for a long time. Right. Right. So number five is scream. Uh, number five for me, uh, was a film. This was a film that I snuck to see. Uh, really had no business watching this one. Uh, this one, so over the top for its brutality at the time. Um, decades, decades ahead on the uh, peer level for its brutality. Um, this is a revenge flick. I guess you could call it a horror flick. Um, uh, this is the film, I Spit on Your Grave. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Band, Band in the UK, sir. Band in the UK, that movie was. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know at eight years old, I had no business watching this film. <laughs> you know? Uh-oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I familiar you are with you know, Nasty's thing here in the UK. And yeah. Eighties. Uh, so many movies, dozens and dozens of films were banned here in the UK, and I Spit on Your Grave was one of them, along with stuff like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Evil Dead. Okay. I didn't say I Spit on Your Grave in the 90s or 2000s, something like that. Yeah. Well, there's been, like, four uh, remakes, sequels, I guess you want to call mm -hmm. them now. Um of mediocre degrees, I guess. They're not terrible, uh, but they simply don't have that same effect. Um, no. Now, now, the newest one does. The newest one is actually the daughter of the original. Um, and the original is in the newest one. So the newest one is really well right. done. Um, but the middle two uh, in there are, are eh, they're good, but they're more just for the shock effect, I think more. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I always tie I, on your grave left house on the left for some reason. It, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's got that very, you know, the bad guy doesn't quite know what they're getting themselves into. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you really can almost put your next. In that same thing, because it's sort of the same concept of the bad guy not realizing what they're getting into. Yeah. Um, it's in too deep, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I, so, yeah. 
And we are on number four. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty, so we're going to try to run through this really quick. Uh, so if we lose you along the way, um, I will recap this uh, <laughs> for everyone. Um, so at number four for you, I hit us with number, number four. Number four. What was the um, move? Well, you you guys used to have like a record club where you used to get stuff for like a, a penny. Yeah, what the BMG BMG in Columbia House. Okay, well, we had one called Britannia Music. Oh, nice. You could do, like, VHSs as well. I all right, had a all similar right. thing. And this was one which I got for, like, five films for one... Well, we had a penny each. And I love this film. I got it on the artwork alone. Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Okay, yeah. Classic zombie comedy. I knew nothing of Dawn of the Dead or Return of the Living... Uh, Night of the Living Dead when I saw this film. So this was my official introduction. And I couldn't have asked for a better one than that. We had punk rock soundtrack, great yeah. characters, and a film that just gets better over time. The jokes are amazing. Yeah, I don't know if it... I'm sure everybody has seen it, but um, it's kind of like a loose sequel to Night of the Living Dead, I think. R right, yeah. I don't know how much was discussed with the original filmmakers, but um, it's took in a whole different direction, done for laughs. Right. There's so many great characters in it. Linnea oh. Quigley's in it. She gets naked. So it's it's a win on every level. Yes. <laughs> um, number four for me. I seen this. I, I seen this in a video store, and I had to take it home, and it scared the piss out of me. Made me never want to go in another funeral home or another cemetery um, because the. Because the, the, the main villain in this is so freaking terrifying. Uh, it's right? the film Phantasm. Uh, oh, wow. Um, Alistair, Alistair Sins, uh, when he played that character, he played that character, man. He was a big, tall, uh, he played the character of the tall man. And he was just a fucking terrifying character, man. Um, this thing came out in 1979. I was only about eight years old. And it scared the piss out of me. Um and it has stuck with me for many years um, that is one of the truly scary movies. Uh, so Phantasm is number four for me. <laughs> How many years later did they do Phantasm 2? That was quite a long time after, right? I think it was only about three years because they did five of them total. Right. I always thought Phantasm 2 because that's when I kind of like got into like buying Fangoria and all that kind okay. of stuff. In Maybe it was a few years. I don't remember. To be honest, uh, I know there was five total. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the first one. Really, it messed with me. Like it was, it yeah. was a scary movie. I was truly terrified of his character. Like he was one of them characters that was, you know, really a great horror character. Yeah, so, um, definitely, man, definitely. Yeah. Right, my my next one. I went number three now, aren't we? Right. Mm -hmm. I think one is one of the greatest vampire movies of all time. I have to say. The Lost Boys is one of my all-time favorite films, but I've kept that out of this list because that's just a film on a different level for me. <laughs> okay. But this one, my favorite, one of my favorite vampire films, 1985, Fright Night. Ah, all right, all right. And I, I, that was one of the films, when you mentioned Demons, Fright Night is another one. Killer movie, but the soundtrack is so damn good. That yeah. you kind of get lost along the way, maybe because, you know, I mean, any film 
that features Rock Yourself to Sleep by April Wine is just, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's really one of them songs that, you know, there are songs that um, you, there are songs that are built for listening to, and then there's those songs that, um, they're just made to be played in a goddamn stadium, you know, and, um, that was one of them. So, yeah. um, you know, Eric, Eric Martin said, you know, Eclipse on their new record, they got that song Saturday Night Hallelujah. That's another one. Like if that song would have been around in the late eighties, early nineties, Jesus Christ. But like, even my son, we hear that song, you know. You know, no one's getting out of this world alive. We live, we die like it's Saturday night. It's just, you know, you just sit here and you're like, just pumping your fist because it's like, God damn it. I hate Eric for that. Like, he just has this ability to write these songs that are bigger than life, you know. And Awesome, man. You know, and does it across multiple bands. That's what makes me sick about Eric. You know, does it with Wet, <laughs> does it with Ronnie when he does an Nordic Union, and then he turns around and does it with Eclipse, and it's like, dude, stop. Seriously, you should be able to write that many good songs. You're an asshole. But, um, but I know what you mean about the Friday Night soundtrack. It's one of them, yeah. when you hear the song, you can associate it with any scene in yeah. the film. Yeah, It's great. And, yeah, not to get yeah. off track. Um, yeah. Friday Night is a great film. Um, yeah. I, my uncle told me about it. He'd seen it on VHS. And he said, you've got to see this film. And he told me the whole storyline and the whole Peter Vincent thing and all that kind of stuff. And I was sold. I was already a fan of the film before I'd even seen it. <laughs> and um, luckily it held up. My number three uh, is a film from 1976. It's one of the early horror films. Um, had Brooke Shields in it. Um Long before Brooke got really famous, um, she dies pretty early in the film, um, but it's a great piece of horror schlock slasher. Um, it's a film called Alice Sweet Alice. and um, I've not heard of that one, man. Oh, man. Uh, basically, uh, Brooke plays the good sister. Um who gets murdered by her 12-year-old sister, Alice. Alice is disturbed and basically um, kills Brooke's character in a church on the night of her uh, communion and then basically goes on a killing rampage after that. Um, And everybody's telling them that Alice is disturbed and, of course, the parents are like, oh, no, our Alice wouldn't do that and Alice is running around in this creepy-ass mask uh, that's uh, it's this kind of plastic baby mask, um, which, you know, and she's wearing a raincoat. Uh, so it's almost like it's almost like the others meets American Psycho in, in right. some ways. Um, but it really is a creepy ass film, uh, especially considering it was from the 1976. Um, wow. So, no, I've never heard of that one. That's yeah. great, especially with Brooke Shields being me. I thought. Yeah, it's a great movie. Like, like yeah. if you like schlocky slasher films. This is pretty shocky, but um, I think it holds up. And, um, you know, it's one of them films that I think a lot of people really need to see to really yep. appreciate um, where the genre comes from. One. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Sweet. It's, it's still out there. I, uh, I, I'm actually going to rewatch it because um, as I was making this list, that one stuck in my mind uh, for a couple scenes. And um, 
I thought, you know what, I need to rewatch this because it's really a, oh, a good one. Uh, number two. Number two, right. I'll let you decide which installment on this one because I couldn't pick one because this franchise was very important for me in my whole horror formative years and such a big deal for me. Just the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I can find positives in all of them except for Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. <laughs> well, well, I can find a positive in that one because it's got a great soundtrack. Yeah. And there's another one that most of them had really great soundtracks. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it was one of them things. And um, I don't know if I'd really pick one. I mean, it's really, it's almost one of them series where you kind of have to see them all, you know, to yeah. for the continuity of it and in just the pure little pieces of them that um, and whatnot. So definitely a great choice. Yeah, at, uh, I mean. Number Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is my is close to my heart because it's the first one I saw at the cinema. Okay. And it's just so, I can <clears> see, even though when I watch it, I can see so many elements which aren't good, but I still love it. <laughs> um, my number two, <clears throat> all hate mail can be sent to riot on the set <laughs> media at gmail.com because I know I'm going to catch it for this comment. My number two is the only Stephen King movie that I've actually been able to enjoy. I am not a Stephen King fan. I find his movies just boring as hell for the most part. Um, But this one, number two, probably scared me more than any other film in my life. Made me never want to go out into the dark. And has been the absolute bar for vampire movies for me. Um, and is the original 1978 version of Salem's Lot. Oh, yes. Um, there has TV never... movie. Yeah, there has never been a vampire to me that is truly as fucking nasty and scary as Barlow. Okay? There's been some good ones. The John Carpenter vampire movies, uh, you know, they did a real good job with those. Um, a few other ones over the years, but Barlow stands alone to me as the epitome of just a nasty ass, terrifying vampire. And the way they filmed the original Salem's Lot, yeah, without the jump scenes, there was no music to warn you. It was just one minute. Uh, there's a particular scene: a family sitting around uh, in the farmhouse, oh yeah, having dinner, and they're just having dinner, blah blah blah. And in the next second, bam, Barlow through the window, fucking grabs a guy, wham. And it's just out of nowhere, and you completely will come out of your seat like, holy shit. Um, that movie scared the piss out of me as a kid. More than any other movie, I didn't ever want to go out in the dark after that, because I was like, Dude, everywhere. I was you with the window scratching scene. <laughs> Dude, there were so many elements of it. Like, I didn't want to go out into the dark after that. I remember my dad sending me out one day, hey, go out into the barn and, and, and get the... <laughs> nope, I'm not Screw going. Up. And he's like, he's like, why won't you go to the barn? It's got vampires. There's, vampires aren't real. Can you I, prove I, that I, scientifically? I, well, no. Well, then go get your own hammer, you know? I think he wanted a hammer or something. I wasn't going. I just, no. Yeah, it took nah. me a long time. And even now at 50 years old, I still look over my shoulder in the dark. Like, that just 
has stuck in my brain my whole life, man. Like, that movie was as well done as any horror movie ever. And, um, Such a great cast. Such yeah. a great cast. David Soul, James yeah. Mason. Yeah. James Mason is great. Jeffrey yeah. Lewis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's really, you know, to me, it, as far as vampire movies go, and there's been a, a, a lot of them, Fright Night and, and Lost Boys and all of that, but to me, Salem's Lot just stands above, and it's really the only Stephen King. I've seen a bunch of Stephen King, you know, Carrie and, and, and Cujo and all the other ones, and they mostly really don't impress me. I'm, I, I get pretty bored with them. Um, the Shining, for example, I just, I get it. It's The Shining. It's got all the great films and things in it. Nicholson blows away his role, but yeah. I, I just find myself bored watching it. Like, it takes too long to get to where it needs to go. Um, Salem's oh, Lot, though. Great choice. Yeah, great Salem's choice. Lot, to me, is my number two. So we've, we've got a remake on the way, though, right? <laughs> I think they are redoing it, and yeah. hopefully they will... I've heard rumors that they're kind of going to sort of try to go with uh, treatment from the original or, or give it that same kind of feel and look, uh, which I hope they do because yeah. with modern – the stuff they can do with modern filming, I think they can make it even more terrifying. Yeah. Um, I hope they don't go with some cheesy I know what you did last summer type of – thing because right. that would just piss me off and make me not want to see it again yeah it'd <laughs> you know? be interesting to see what audience they want to hit it at yeah that's kind of gotta um, be a, a determining thing but yeah great choice man great yeah. choice so we're at number one. Oh crap so right. we're gonna recap i'm gonna recap his very quickly we have number 10 you're next number nine demons number eight dawn of the dead number seven final girls number six the others Number five, Scream. Number four, Return of the Living Dead. Number three, Fright Night. And number two, Nightmare on Elm Street series. So we're just going to go Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, you can explore. <laughs> um, so number one on your number list one. of the top ten horror slasher films. What do we for got? For me, for me, just an amazing film on its own. Like you picked Poltergeist earlier as an honorable mention which is just an amazing standalone film. This is just a great, just a wonderful horror film. 1981, American Werewolf in London. Oh, damn. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> it is a great, great movie. So many iconic moments in it. Yes. And I think it does... The UK proud in yes. what it shows. <laughs> Whilst it's very stereotypical, it does a great realistic job of it. But it's it's funny. It's like Salem's Lot. It's got some terrifying scenes. The dream sequence yeah. scene, which has got like two elements to it: the whole weird Nazi zombie, whatever they are, coming into the house, and then the whole bed in the forest. That scene terrified me as a kid. But just so many. Funny moments, iconic moments, and just a film that holds up great, I think. Great, yeah. and, and another film with a great cast as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful um, film. So my top ten, we'll re recap that real quick. Uh, number ten is Rare Exports. Number nine is Train to Busan. Number eight, Wrong Turn. Number seven is Your Next. Number six is Halloween. Number five is I Spit on Your Grave. 
Number four is Phantasm. Number three is Alice, Sweet Alice. Number two is Salem's Lot. And my number one is a film that a majority of people probably haven't seen. It is cheesy as hell. It is schlocky to levels uh, that are unheard of. But it has the greatest ending of any horror movie slasher movie <laughs> ever. Uh, it is a 1982 movie called Pieces. Um, uh, it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre done in the cheesiest fucking way you've ever seen. Um, but I love this movie. No matter how many times I watch it, I always forget that that ending is coming. Um, and I actually... Uh, Told him early so that he could watch it and I could get his opinion on it. I watched it today. (laughs) And your thoughts. (laughs) You know what? I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask, though, without giving it away, which ending? Because it's kind of like two shock endings. Well, the one... The first one or the literally the last one. Yeah, exactly. How it ends with the kind of... <laughs> right. Okay. Because <laughs> I thought the I thought the one before that was pretty shocking. The bit with the uh, bookcase. I'll, I'll say the bookcase. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. See, in that part, okay, that's the ending, right? Yeah. But then you think, okay, it's over. He's standing over the body. But then it's like, wham, and you're like. Shit! Didn't see that coming, you know. And then, and then they're just like the end, and yeah. you're like, "Wait, what happened?" <laughs> you know, like, like you know. Um, and I, I have when, to hand it to. I have to hand it to them though. They that intro scene. They started off hot. Yeah, it's like where'd you go from there? <laughs> yeah, like they. Yeah, they cut right to the chase, you know, and um, yeah. then they jump ahead and they do a good job of not giving away who it is like there's really they kind of introduce three or four people along the way that you think okay this is who it is this is who it is and then when they finally do tell you you're kind of like oh shit all right um (laughs) makes sense but you're not really thinking of him you know um so yeah for a low budget cheesy schlocky film it's done really well and there's a reason it has such a huge cult following yeah not everybody has seen it, um, which is fine. I've never but, even heard of it, so I appreciate yeah. you bringing it to my attention. I normally, yeah. There's a lot of films I've not seen, but I've heard of them. Yeah. But I, I never even heard of this one. Yeah, that's – and that is one <laughs> – that is another one. Went into the video store, seen it sitting on a shelf, you know, banned. You see the word banned, and you're like, oh, yeah, I got to see that, you know, because – banned anything that's banned it was kind of like when they put the parental advisory stickers on music you know yep. uh, what parental advisory yep gotta have that one <laughs> um took it home and we laughed you know we laughed like i think i didn't see it until i was probably oh, i was probably about 14 or 15 when i seen it so it was probably about five six years after it had come out but um you know we were sitting around eating pizza, a bunch of me and my friends and fuck it, you know, stick it in. And, you know, we were like boobs and, and, but you know, it was, it it was done. (laughs) And some of the scenes, there's a scene in it. That's so freaking outrageous. There's like a Bruce Lee 
yeah, impersonator <laughs> where he attacks her in an alley and then she For fights no back, kicks his ass. And it makes no sense with the film. It's just this completely random scene. And she kicks his ass and then he's like, oh, I must have had bad, bad selfish or bad sushi or something. I don't remember what he said. And you're kind of like, the fuck did that come from? Like, <laughs> like it had nothing to do with the film. It was like, it was like, it was like they found this lost piece of Bruce Lee footage and it just kind of stuck yeah. it in the middle of a Snatcher film. Um, so it was the most random thing of what is essentially a pretty well-made film with a decent story. Yeah. And someone decided that there must have been somebody, a cast member, oh, he looks like Bruce Lee. Let's yeah. write a scene. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is, that is my number one. I, I've always loved that film. Wonderful. It's always stuck with me. Um, you know, it's really one of them films that for, um, let me see. Uh, if you want to see it, it is actually free on the service Tubi, T-U-B-I. Um, uh, done in 1982. Uh, 1982, uh, Juan Piquet Simone is the director of it, uh, starring Christopher George, Linda Day George, and Frank Brana. Um, it was actually a Spanish film uh, originally. Right. Um, it was filmed in Spain. Uh, even though it's says it's based in Boston. Um, if you kind of watch, you can see very Spanish elements throughout it. Um, so you're, you're, you'll watch it kind of think, I don't remember there being that much Spanish stuff in Boston. <laughs> um, but yeah, great film. It's stuck with me. And it's, to me, it's really, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of the epitome of slasher films. Yeah, yeah. You know, because... Slasher films are, for the most part, they're cheesy, schlocky films, you know, uh, Maniac Cop and 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 yeah. so many that th- th- nobody is making these films thinking they're going to win an Oscar <laughs> award, okay? I promise you. Nobody makes a horror film thinking, hey, I'm going to win an Oscar or I'm going to win an Emmy or I'm going to win some award. They're really not, okay? This is all about just the pure art of shocking people or for the love of the genre. And it's why there's so many B movies and C movies and D movies. And I've even seen a few that were, you know, um, now we're getting into the level of films. Uh, I I will challenge you to see this one because this, this is more of a comedy than it is a horror film. Uh, But there was a movie I seen recently and it's called the Velocipaster. (laughs) Oh my God. It is a train wreck of a film. It is so badly done. But it's like a car crash. Like, you just gotta watch it to see what's gonna happen. And, um, it is... It is about a Catholic priest who goes to the Middle East somewhere. He gets attacked by ninjas that knock him out. And then he ends up getting bitten by a velociraptor. He turns him into the Velocipaster, blah, blah, blah. And there's scenes in the thing where you got you just got to watch it to kind of understand. I mean, it is one of the movies. You can't even call it a B-movie, okay? This is down, like, we're getting down into the Uvi Bowl school of horror films here, okay? Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, we've got stuff like, what is it, Zombievers, which wasn't bad, actually. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, we've got, we've got films that, you know... Um, uh, snakes, uh, 
Snakes in Compton, which was sort of like, um, how do I describe this one? Um, if you took snakes on a plane and crossed Obviously. it, if, <laughs> if you take snakes on a plane and crossed it with, um, crossed it with, um, I don't even know, know a good straight out to Compton. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, something along that lines, like a black gangster film. Yeah, that's kind of. But it's done. It's completely independent. I think it was done on a budget of about five dollars and thirty seven cents. Um, on a lunch break, <laughs> you know. And it was. It's it's another one of those films. Like you get into it, and you're just you know you shouldn't be watching it, but you're just kind of glued to the TV. Like, God, what are they going to do next? Like. You know, and it's just... How bad can this get? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a car wreck, you know? Like, you know you shouldn't be, like, watching it as you're driving along, but you're, that kind of gets, like, further and further behind you, you know? Um, it's one of them films, and there's so many of them now. Um, we should do a top ten of just, like, awful films. Oh, awful God. Films. Yeah. <laughs> Velocipaster would be... Velocipaster would be pretty high. Pretty high up there, and... There's, I, I will give this away. There's a scene in Velocipaster. Velocipaster is done so poorly that there's a scene where <laughs> the Velocipaster guy comes out of the church. He's supposed to meet his parents for the first time in like 15 years or something. His parents pull in to the scene in the car. They get out of the car. They're standing next to the car. And then you get a, 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 a gray cell. And it words written on it, insert CGI car blowing up. <laughs> and then it moves on to the next scene. And I was like, wait, they didn't even give you a goddamn car explosion. They just gave you a blank cell that says, insert car explosion. Like, wait. So they, they actually forgot or couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, did they run out of money? And that's what I'm wondering at this point. Did they run out of money? Did they just not give a shit? Did they realize at some point that this is so bad we're not even going to spend the money on it? You know, um, you know, the Velocipaster scenes are done so poorly. You can clearly see that it's a plastic Velociraptor head on somebody's hand. Like, you can oh see... Oh, my God. You can see, like, here's the Velocipaster, and you can, like, see the hand like this in the frame scene where, you know, they're, like, going like this. It's so campy and so bad that the first I thing I did... It, I think you sold it to us. Everybody's at least going to go and watch you know, the trailer on YouTube. It, it was so bad that the first thing I did is I had to look at the credits because my first thought was, okay, this has got Uvi Bowl written all over it, okay? <laughs> and if you don't know who Uvi Bowl is, look him up, okay? <laughs> if you want to talk bad movies... This guy is like fucking Godzilla of like bad movies. Dumpster level trauma. <laughs> oh, dude. Have you ever seen Uvi Bowl's movies? Oh, Jesus Christ. Let me put it this way Uvi Bowl makes Lloyd Kaufman look like Spielberg. Okay? Uvi Bowl is a German filmmaker. His movies are so bad. He's done, he's done like the. Um, uh, the Blood Rain movies, he's done Postal. He mostly does, like, video game remakes. Um, they're so bad, dude, that, like, I don't I don't think the guy knows what a lighting rig is. Um, doesn't know what a, a camera stabilizer is. 
Um, there's a film in blood. There's a scene in Blood Blood Rain Two, where it's the character walking down the road. Uh, it's like a dirt road, and the cameraman is behind her. And I don't know if this motherfucker was riding a horse, if he was running or what. But literally, the camera's like the whole fucking time. It's just shaking all over the place. And I'm not like up and down. It's like up, down, sideways. And, you know, it's like the cameraman is like riding a horse with no stabilizer on the film. It's so bad. You're just like, are you fuck? And they keep giving this asshole money. Not little amounts of money, millions and millions of dollars to make these films. And they're just like, fucking serious and the bad thing is is as bad as his films are he pulls in big names michael perret or michael perret however you say his name he's been in tons of his films he's had edward furlong in his films he's had kate beckinsale in a film and i was like how in the fuck are you pulling these names when you're making these horrible goddamn films they're just oh i'm all over it terrible (laughs) they're they're train wrecks bro I mean, they're worse than train wrecks. And Ovi, oh, he doesn't give a shit. He, one one person made comments about it, and Ovi challenged him to a boxing match. <laughs> you know, Ovi is kind of, I, I don't know, dude. You just, UWE. Well, you're selling him. You're selling him Yeah, like U-W-E-B-O-L-L. That's who you're looking up. You'll know him. Big, bald, German-looking dude. Um, Looks like a much taller. Ovi looks like a much taller version of Udo Dirk Schneider. Okay. <laughs> That's really the best way to describe him. Like like if Udo Dirk Schneider was like 6'2", it'd be Uvi Bull. Okay. So <laughs> um, with that, oh, man. we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to have to watch Velocipasta. Oh, God. <laughs> heaven, heaven help you. <laughs> um, but, dude, seriously, thank you for doing this, man. This was so much fun. Um, CJ, I appreciate you asking me, man. Absolutely, man. Uh, if you ever need anything, um, uh, if you ever want me to come on your show, uh, which is called uh, Straight to Video, uh, talk about That's music and different things. Uh, I'm all for it because I love we'll talking about music. And, up, um, this is uh, Mr. Rob Lane. And uh, check out all his bands. Teenage Casket Company is one of my huge favorites. Uh, such an awesome band uh, that he does uh, with a gentleman called Rob Wild, uh, who uh, also in Tiger Tales and so many other great bands. You and, got it. Um, you can type this guy's name into Wikipedia. And just kind of go down a musical rabbit hole of so many amazing fucking bands. Uh, and that's why I said, you know, when I say certified rock star, uh, to me, that's what a certified rock star is. It doesn't have to be like millions and millions of selling records. It's just when I type your name into a search engine, if I discover new bands that I haven't heard before, that's a fucking rock star to me, okay? Because I love awesome, discovering man. new bands. Um, so, yes. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for asking me to do this. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, this is the ish list. Uh, we're going to wrap this up and we're going to call it a day. As always, be well, treat each other with kindness. And if you go out in public, don't be a cunt. <laughs>